Welcome to the Mojo Mecca. We are a media, wellness and artistry hub that is in celebration of the earth, inspired to live in a mindful, healthful way, humbled by the depths of inner exploration and the power of practicing daily rituals, in love with the beauty of cultures worldwide and the adventurous nature of travel, and dedicated to a life of heart-centeredness, purposeful pursuits, and a whole lot of mojo. In this conversation, I'm diving into the world of Harijiwan. We explore her life in depth, from her strict regime of ballet through her childhood, and how it impacted her both positively in a way of inner discipline and body awareness, but also how it impacted her in quite a damaging way um, through her developing anorexia at quite a young age. So her journey from then to now has been very expansive and very successful. From becoming a renowned Pilates and body conditioning instructor to the Australian Ballet Academy, and also to multiple Australian football teams, to then owning her own Pilates studio and then diving pretty deeply into Ashtanga yoga before the doorway opened for her to discover and experience Kundalini yoga. And this path and this opening led her to the foot of Yogi Bhajan, the master teacher who brought this practice to the West. By his seed planted, she grew the first Kundalini yoga studio and community in Australia in the early 2000s in Melbourne and has continued to teach ever since. So me being quite green and excited and (laughs) keen to learn more about Kundalini, I get her to explain the basics of it and also the profound nature of it (laughs) um, and how the technology, because it is a technology, um, works and the purpose of it. Um, We also cover why kundalini yogis wear white, why they wrap their heads and why they have to or are are taught to practice for specific time periods or um, a number of positions within the kriyas and then what a kriya actually is (laughs) and how many kriyas there are. Um, and what their different purpose or focus or needs are, um, and also the power of consistent sadhana, and a lot more about Kundalini. Um, we also go into the mentoring program that Harijiwan offers called the WOW program, which she speaks about in depth, and why she specifically focuses on expanding and elevating women into their radiance. Um, We speak about the other upcoming workshops and classes that she has on offer and just general (laughs) wisdom and life tips and parenting tips and so much more. She's a really beautiful, inspiring woman who I've had the pleasure of meeting and practicing with. Um, Yeah, and I just thought she would be perfect as someone to really open up this conversation and dialogue about Kundalini as she really walks her talk and really lives and breathes it um so yeah i really hope that you guys sink in and are able to get an opening and an understanding of what this powerful practice is 
and what it could be for you in your life. So enjoy. I was born in Melbourne mm-hmm. and my childhood was in Melbourne. I grew up in Melbourne, but I spent a lot of my years overseas. So already by, um, I think it was 16 or 17, I was already overseas um, pursuing ballet. But before that, it was, yeah, I was born in Melbourne. My parents are, are both Hungarian, so my mum, first generation Australian, I guess you could say. So my mother tongue was Hungarian. And, um, yeah, so I grew up in a, I guess I grew up in a, a family that was fairly, you know, my, I was being instilled with a, a very strong discipline um, through, not only through just, um, you know, my parents, I guess, um, but also the nature of ballet, you know, instilling that self-discipline at a very early age. And I think that's really been very helpful for my current life and my current sort of journey right now. Um, so that was, that's pretty much how um, I also was brought up in a fairly religious house because um, my grandfather was um, a minister of the Presbyterian Church. Um, so it wasn't spiritual as such, but it was it was more of, of a re- religious. Um, and as a child, yeah, like I like I said to you earlier, I, I have memories of being a child and being very connected to nature. And when you know driving past factories or places of a lot of um, sort of industrial stuff would really pain me, literally. Like I'd get really, really deep. Um, deep emotional response to anger actually of seeing you know <laughs> pollution and um, factories and it just it disturbed me and I often started to feel that maybe I, I didn't belong you know I think everyone has the story of their feelings of not belonging um, or perhaps feeling that they're not from this, this planet or whatever it may be um, so those were sort of you know thoughts that I have memories of but then once I sort of got introduced into ballet that kind of just all sort of my whole focus went into the discipline of ballet and it was just all consuming and I tend to be a very um very intense uh person so when I do something I do it full out <laughs> like it's 150 percent mm. so that was my whole that was my whole world and so I think I started actually going into the the discipline of, of um body discipline if you like when I mean that I mean like you know skills that are using your body um and I was three years old and I think we were I think I did calisthenics or something but I I was you know very again very um connected to my body like able to really you know express myself and connect to that aspect of myself so I got into ballet at I think it was six and a half or seven and um as I said just went right through um and was totally devoted and um also I that's where you know I guess I learned that self-discipline where you know I remember one time I had a very strict teacher ballet teacher and who yelled at me and um totally like blasted me <laughs> and I remember I started crying and I got home and my mom said you know um you've just got to keep going and you can't let that get you down and you, you know don't ever sort of break down like that again or you know there's no point sort of keeping keeping going it was like a it seems really fierce that being told that and, and um but it was actually really good because it made me it sort of instilled in me this this I guess resilience to not you know when you're being yelled at and not to sort of take it 
to the point where it breaks you, but you keep going, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I just kept going and had, had talent. So I just kind of kept going <laughs> with, that, with the whole ballet world. And, um, it, but it was when I was, I think, um, I was 13 and I remember I started to question who I was, what, because when, I think when you become, um, very identified with something that is, that is, you know, who you think you are, such as I, you know, ballet was me or I was ballet. I started to question, well, is that, who am I, who am I? And I think I, um, also within the environment of, of what I was in, I sort of went on this thing where I just wanted to feel who I was purely and, and wholly and went down what they would label as, well, it was labeled as, as anorexia nervosa. And I, um, well, had to stop ballet because I didn't have enough strength and, I kind of got myself out of it because I knew that I needed to keep ballot, keep going with, with you know my dance studies. Um, but then I had another relapse at fifteen in in that whole self questioning of of who I was, what was what was I here for, was I um, you know just that whole I think that would I would, when looking back that would be be my first sort of I guess quote unquote awakening at thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, um, that whole sort of self-reflection and stuff but as I said I pulled myself again out of that and then I long story short because this could go you know but I got offered a, a full scholarship to study um in Budapest at the Hungarian National Ballet Academy so off I went and um pretty much just went through the, the academy and, and went to a professional level but there was um I feel like my my whole ballet career was cut short because you know I, I because of fatigue and injury but also again because I had another relapse of anorexia and so I kind of came back to Australia after you know dancing in, in Hungary and Switzerland and, and um, got sort of involved in Pilates and I had actually been exposed to Pilates before going overseas and found it really um, really strengthening in that it brings you right into your navel point and knowing what I know now about the power of the navel it really anchors a woman into her own self inner security and really helps you to, it gives you that strength and, and um, ability to self transform. So as I started doing Pilates, I really loved the feeling of that strength of connecting to, to myself in a different way. So I, I left ballet and, and dived into Pilates. And then I, again, um, went off overseas pretty quickly after doing uh, I worked with um, a, a guy who actually was one of the first, I think he was probably the first guy to bring Pilates out to Australia and was um, working as a sort of dance medicine teacher at the Pilates studio that he had. And then I went off to San Francisco and helped open a Pilates studio in San Francisco and, and um, lived there almost for a year and then went off to Toronto and did Pilates teaching for Stott and Moira, um, Moira Stott, who... They're like, you know, big, big Pilates um, company now. So, um, and then from there, went to London, taught there. And then um, whilst I was in Canada and London is when I got strongly into Kundalini, not into Kundalini, but into Ashtanga Vinyasa Yoga. And I was very um, devoted to that practice. Um, at, this, at this point, I, I, when I was around... Um, still doing dancing around 14 that's when I first started getting really interested in sort of metaphysics and channeling and angels and I guess the energy of kundalini but I didn't know there was actually a kundalini yoga at that point at that stage 
And mm. so there was, there was always this kind of extra um, sort of study going on in my world where I was constantly, you know, like when you get it, you're just constantly picking up any books you can on the topics and, and, you know, finding any way you can to absorb more of that information. And um, so from, from while I was doing the Pilates teachings in Europe and teaching um, workshops and, and working at different studios, I was still also doing my you know, practices with Ashtanga yoga and, you know, absorbing all that. But it was when I was doing Ashtanga yoga practice and I was being uh, adjusted and um, I was in a, the posture, Sutta Kamasana, I think it's called, but um, is where, you know, when you have your head behind your, your leg behind your head and your arms are wrapped around. And so what was required was for my heart center to be more open to really get that extra inch but the teacher um, wanted to sort of adjust me. And I was kind of indicating, don't adjust me, don't adjust me, because I was in absolute full flexion and, and you know, rotation in my hip. Um, but because my hips were so open from ballet, um, that's where when he adjusted me, that's where the movement went and my thigh bone actually popped out of my hip joint and then back in. It was absolutely painful, sublexed. Mm. So I, I had to stop my practice and um, I was on crutches and it was in the middle of winter in London and I just thought, oh, I've got to get out. So um, my parents said, look, just come back home to Australia. So I came back to Australia. It was during my rehab of um, my own hip um, that during that time, actually, the Pilates studio in Toronto was sponsoring me and um, the sponsorship came through. But while I was in Australia, I was approached by the Australian Ballet Company if I would be um, interested in running and taking over the Pilates studio and working with the Australian Ballet Company as their um, Pilates trainer and body conditioning. And because it was so nice to be back in Australia, I sort of um, said yes. And also because it was so in line with my history and, you know, um, so I took over the, um, I, uh, the Pilates studio there and also opened up my own business called um, Absolute Movement where I worked with also football trainers and football clubs and other sort of I guess sports people as well, alongside with the ballet company and um, yeah so I taught Pilates um, pretty much 12 hour days and, and worked with the ballet company and also created curriculum for the Australian Ballet School um, in regards to you know their training for each different level to strengthen their bodies so and during this time, I was sort of going back and forward to also San Francisco to um, connect with the studio that I originally had helped set up um, a couple of you know, years ago before that. And um, so during that time, I was still continuing yoga. So I also taught them um, Ashtanga yoga. And still at this time, Kundalini yoga wasn't even taught in Australia at this point. Um, and it was how I got introduced to Kundalini yoga is um, I didn't know at the time, but unbeknown to me, I was already sort of doing a lot of Kundalini yoga moves because I was always recreating different programs for the, for the ballet company using, you know, like apparatus like the gymnic ball and the Feldenkrais rollers and things like that. And I sort of created programs where we do like pelvic rotations and I'd tell, you know, students who were coming to me for Pilates to focus at their third eye point. It was just something that I just noticed would really help you harness that concentration and focus. So Unbeknown to me, I was kind of bringing in sort of elements of that, but of course, it wasn't, you know, the, the Kundalini yoga that um, I teach now. Um, so my partner at the time while I was um, teaching the ballet went over to LA, and this is another long story, so I'm just going to cut through the story, but basically, 
he, he um, met Gurumukh, who was to be my first Kundalini Yoga teacher, and she, he bought um, me a book and she wrote a personal message in the book um, saying that she looks forward to meeting me and that she was, um, it was like a really beautiful personal message to me in the book and people bought me the book back and I started reading the book and started doing some of the exercises in the book and I was like, oh my God, this is like amazing. <laughs> and I started like, um, you know, we started communication because um, my partner had a very strong connection with Grimalk and so I would, and you know, this is going back before, um, I guess there was no social media really at that time. So it was like just, you know, I called her up on the phone, we had chats and um, I said, yes, I'm going to come, I'm going to come. I've just got to find a, you know, a time in my schedule to come over. And then it was like the universe really wanted me to get over there quickly because literally a week later, I was, it was a Sunday and I was, had just had a massage because I used to do a lot of self-care treatments for myself on a Sunday because when you're working 12-hour days, you yeah. have to use ballet dancers, you need to go up to yourself. Um, yeah. So I was just coming home from um, a massage and I was just going to pop into my studio to do some bookkeeping. And my, my studio was in South Melbourne. It was up on the sixth floor and on a Sunday it was completely empty um, and it was down the hallway. I think it's from the ABC um, or was it SBS kind of channel. So there was nobody there on a Sunday. So, which I used to like, cause it meant I could just get, you know, go and do a Pilates practice, do some programs and, and do some work and then go home. But this particular day I went into the elevator and you know, when you can just feel sensory wise, like your skin kind of crawling, like I felt like there's something not right, you know, like your intuition. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I thought, okay, well, I'm, I'm kind of the person who um, is always curious rather than steep, like, you know, if you're feeling fear or, or alarm bells, I was kind of curious to see, well, why am I feeling this? <laughs> so I went up, I, I went up to the top to my studio, to the sixth floor and the doors opened at the sixth floor and I still had this weird, weird feeling, but I just continued anyway. I went down the hallway and then I really felt like in my gut something wasn't right. And then when I saw the door to my studio, um, it was all smashed in and broken into. And I was like, oh. And then as I pushed the door open, um, there was a, a, a burglar, um, well, someone who was totally, you know, um, there with a crowbar staring at me and, um, you know, eye pupils fully dilated and it was like time froze. <laughs> I was just held there. And he had these words that were very... Um, very poignant I, I think it's like is this your place and that's that's just all he said and I and I sort of thought is this my place <laughs> and, mm. and I said uh yes as in you know yes this is my studio but I felt like is this my place like is this where I'm supposed to be sort of thing and time stood still and this you know again this went on for um he kind of was staring at me and I just stood at him and because I was in this post-massage space I was actually really calm and I mean he could you know could could have been really traumatic what could have happened, but he just stared at me. And then after a, um, you know, a couple of minutes, he put the crowbar down and just um, walked down the hallway. But what was so horrible was I didn't hear the bell of the elevator go down and there was nowhere for me to run. There was, you know, I could have screamed, but there was nobody to scream to. And I couldn't shut my studio door. So I just ran in into my studio and I pushed some of the, you know, Pilates equipment as best as I could to try and close the door. Um, but he, he was down this corridor for, um, you know, what seemed like 20, 20 minutes. And I went to the phone and I called my parents and spoke in Hungarian to, for them to call the police. 
because I didn't want him to hear the word police in case he came in. <laughs> so it was kind of really a claustrophobic situation. And um, after that time, after that, that incident, I called um, Gumuk up and I said, I, I'm, I'm ready to come. <laughs> I need to get away. It was like I just, I just couldn't be in the studio for, for after that. For, I needed some time out. So um, I off I went to LA and dived into an insane amount of classes. And I was there for about a month and just doing classes upon classes upon classes. And it was like absolutely amazing. It was like um, it cracked wide open my heart and it was like I'd come home. And I remember actually when it was time to make, for me to come back to Australia, I was absolutely um, <laughs> crying my eyes out because I just did not want to leave. I did not want to because I knew there was no one teaching in Australia and it was like I'd finally found what was my home. Um, and Gamuk said, no, no, you've got to go back. You've got to go and, and start sharing these teachings with, with your students in, in the Pilates. So I did. So I came back and I um, started, you know, after doing Pilates practices, like with the ballet company, I used to do Pilates mat classes before their, their company class. And after the, the mat class, I would say, okay, we're going to do um, some special meditation. So I would teach them some Kundalini and they loved it. And, and I, even with my private clients, there was a, a period of time where there was like Pilates and then we'd do Kundalini. And then over time, clients were starting to ask for more Kundalini and more Kundalini. Mm-hmm. Um, this went on for about, it's probably like a year or two that I'd go back and forward from LA to get my fix and then come back. And then Gumuk said, go and do your training with Yogi Bhajan. Go, 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 go. Because, you know, he wasn't well towards the end of his life. And she just um, said, you know, said, go, 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 go. So I went off to New Mexico and had the great blessing of studying directly under Yogi Bhajan. And the particular year that I did my, my, my studies, I was actually the first Australian to, to um, go over to Master's Touch. Oh, wow. Which was, which was a training with Yogi Bhajan. He actually, um, I just got in towards the end before he stopped tra- teaching. I mean, he passed in 2004 and I did my training with him in 2002. Mm-hmm. And that particular year, he actually taught us a lot. I remember it felt like um, Harry Potter. <laughs> you know, yeah. like we, would, we would go, you know, he was like the great wizard and he would go in his yellow American school buses <laughs> um, and get in these um, school buses from the camps and go to his house or, and um, he'd come out and, you know, lecture to us and um, we were there to receive his energy and just being, you know, within nine feet of Yogi Bhajan is just, it's just absolutely incredible. And I'm just insanely grateful for, for, for that. <laughs> um, mm. It's like so much was transferred um, through his teachings, through his presence. And I remember um, I also did women's camp and he taught every day at the women's camp that year as well. Um, but I remember um, a real clear point where um, it was sort of towards the end of the Master's Touch training and he was sitting up on the stage and he was looking out at, I think there were about 75 students there um, doing the training and um, he would look around through the group and he had stopped, you know, and look at certain people. And, it, and I remember his eyes, I mean, his eyes penetrate. He's like an X-ray vision, you know, he just like sees everything. And very strong in, um, but this particular, you know, like towards the end of his, um, um, you know, during our particular training, because there were times when, you know, in earlier days people would go to master's touch and, you know, a lot of people just wouldn't see through the training because, you know, he poked and provoked, you know, it wasn't like, 
you know, he's from the, you know, the old school, you know. Um, and so a lot of students wouldn't go through the training. But this, this particular year when I went through, he was really, um, you know, because he knew he was coming close to the, the end of this, you know, his lifetime on this, in this particular life on this planet and um, was a lot more, you know, was really talking about being balanced and not doing what he did where he burnt himself out through service and consciously trusting himself, he used to call, call it, um, and how, you know, he was really in his, you know, oftentimes he would be crying during the end of the lectures and it was very, very touching. The whole Sangat would be crying when Yogi Bhajan cried, you know. Um, but there was one, you know, getting back to what I was explaining about as he went through the group, I remember so clearly at one point and he stopped and he looked at me and it felt, um, you know, when you hear stories about shamans and they actually can put their hands in your, in your body and then plant things and mm-hmm. it kind of, it was like that, it, like a stopping, a connection and like literally implanting, like it felt like you implanted keys or, 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 you know, like, like, yeah, it felt like keys <laughs> within my heart and it felt like literally like a weight, like it's like, whoa. And since that moment, there's such a deep, deep responsibility and knowing that I, I'm here to, to, to teach these teachings in its most purest form, to, you know, in a, in a very strong transmission mm. to whoever comes to me. And that's, that's just what I do. And I guess from that, from that moment, um, I came back to Australia and, you know, the words of that burglar was still in my mind, is this your place? Yeah, and I thought, no, I'm not. I'm not Pilates. I have to let go of my Pilates studio, despite that it was incredibly successful and I was making really good money and blah yeah. blah blah. And you know, I just thought, no, I've got to leave. And I didn't. I didn't even think about the business side of it. I just, I just literally from one day to the next, I mentioned to the ballet company, I said, I can't. I've, I've got to move on. Um, and um, I said, I'm happy to just you know work with a company, but they'll have to come to my studio and open a, another studio. Um, and interestingly, um, within like, it wasn't even, it was like literally I, I arrived back from my uh, master's touch and, you know, you still got to, when you do your, your training, you still then got to do all the study and, you yeah. know, the exams and all this. So you don't actually get your formal certification, but Gumuk said, go, go back. You, and I didn't want to, and then after, t- I remember after doing the training with Yogi Bhajan, I mean, that changes you. That was profound and it was just really? like amazing. And, I, and again, I went back to the and said, thank you, thank you, because she was so amazing as well, making sure she looked after me and making sure I had really good dorms and things like that, mm. um, you know, that I was um, well looked after during training. So that was really beautiful of her. And then when I went back to LA and I said, look, I don't want to go back to Australia. She said, no, you have to, you have to go back and you have to, you have to spread the teachings. And it, it felt really daunting because it was like, you know, I had all this, amazing there's such a community at golden bridge where Gamuk is created and it's like oh my god but it's like feels like a desert, <laughs> desert in australia there's no one there it's just me so well you, you know you have to go so i went back and there was another teacher teaching but she wasn't really doing any classes and didn't have a studio and there was not much going on and, and you know it was like I felt, okay, so I have to do it. So I got a personal letter from Yogi Bhajan as well. And um, within like a week um, after he receiving Yogi Bhajan's personal letter, I, uh, a studio came into my life, <laughs> literally mm-hmm. like this space in, um, in South Melbourne, which wasn't far from where my Pilates studio had been. So all my Pilates clientele and the dancers followed sort of, so I already had like, you know, I already had, it wasn't like I was starting a yoga studio from scratch. I had the, it's like the Pilates studio just converted into a, 
a Kundalini yoga studio. So I opened Australia's first Kundalini yoga studio. Mm. Um, and that was in 2002. So literally, like I said, it was, it was uh, straight after um, being at Yogi Bhajan's feet that this happened. And Yogi Bhajan blessed it with the name uh, Guru Ramdas Ashram Melbourne, but I, I still called it also Kundalini Yoga Australia because I just felt people wouldn't know what Kundalini, you know, Guru Ramdas, yeah. what meant, <laughs> you yeah. know, and the ashram had stigma to attach to it and I just needed to have Kundalini Yoga Australia. So that's what yeah. I'm going to call it. Um, and, yeah, so I opened the studio and I taught and taught, but the, the challenge with that was I was the only teacher. Yeah. Nobody else taught Kundalini Yoga. So I had to do everything. I had to run the studio. I taught insane amounts of classes, workshops, and I just, yeah. And so um, that what went was on. the initial I, response from people at, at that time in having, you know, no other kind of previous reference of like what Kundalini is and, you know, no one could really search much about it probably in Australia. Like what was yeah well that like I said it's it's interesting because a lot of the people who came like my classes you know were they knew me from I had a reputation as a you know a very good Pilates teacher like I was working with Australian Ballet Company and yeah. you know St Kilda Football Club so there was already a, a reputation and a trust there mm -hmm. um, that wasn't like this flaky kind of you know. <laughs> person just doing some weird random things yeah. um so there was trust there which is important and um and that and then through that it was word of mouth and people got the experience like you know kundalini yoga is an incredible science and um when it's taught as taught by yogi bhajan it's a very very um ancient systematic science um practice that delivers what it says is going to deliver like it gives you the results and immediately like literally within your first class you'll you'll be shifted um and so people felt that and they came and i i was told um later that you know my studio was actually a sanctuary for people and i still have people still from that those those that time that when i go down to melbourne to teach um, workshops and immersions that they're still they're coming to the workshops they're still mm. practicing um, you know, like I, I guess I, I started the community of Kundalini Yoga in Melbourne and then um, there was, you know, a, a few of the ballet um, students or ballet company members also who um, were doing, you know, during their rehab at the Pilates studio and I was rehabbing their knees or their hips or whatever <laughs> to mm. get on stage and they were exposed to Kundalini because when you came to my Pilates studio, you got Kundalini at the end. Yeah. Um, they loved Kundalini and then eventually they went over and did their trainings and they became teachers. So then, she, you know, one of them went over and started the Kundalini community in Sydney after doing that. So it kind of spread and um, that's how it, it kind of got ignited. So I introduced it to a whole new wave of people who probably wouldn't have been introduced to it at that, moment, at that time because of um i guess through the pilates too you know like they're already i think like pilates is an incredible system but it's it's not it doesn't take you to like i and I, this isn't in no means at all to put pilates down because i have a huge respect and i still practice it you know it's an incredible system but it is a physical system kundalini yoga is like taking you out to the stratosphere <laughs> you know like it's 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 incredible it's just beyond so having already that physical body awareness i was able to push my students way you know like we went you know we were able to go deep um and go intense and so um 
yeah, so I kept teaching and then I, uh, you know, that was the studio and I was all consumed by that. And then I remember very distinctly, my studio is right in South Melbourne and it was a really cool place right off the, you know, near South Melbourne Market. Um, and um, we lived upstairs. So it was really, you know, it's really awesome. But I, I remember the studio um, was being, the actual building was being um, put up to sale and they didn't want to renew my lease. Mm. And at that time too, I remember standing on the steps of my studio and I had a really strong feeling that Bodhi, my son, was coming. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at all the city and I thought, I don't want to be in the city. I can't be in the city. And I got a really strong um, energy from Bodhi saying I had to move to Byron Bay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Random, just like just dropped in that Byron mm-hmm. Bay. I still wasn't clear if it was um, sort of exactly Byron Bay, or but I just knew it had to be north. And it was very clear that it was Byron Bay because I kept seeing rainbows. <laughs> um, and so I kind of... Um, it was again another random crazy decision that everyone's saying but you just build up this studio you've got all this community you've got you can't just pack up and go to Byron there's nothing like what are you going to do you know um, and so but I'm the kind of person that kind of can't, I can't not follow my heart yeah um, I kind of have to um, even if it doesn't make sense I just that's just what I that's just how I live <laughs> um, so um uh, under much disapproval of my dad and um, mm-hmm. students got kind of they just kind of didn't understand I said look you know I, I just have to do this so um, it was interesting actually because quite a few students took it quite personally and there was quite a bit of anger as well because it was like your know, like abandonment issues came up and mm-hmm. I think for me though it was just so I, I just felt like I had to I just had to do that because of the body because I just <laughs> knew that was going to be what I had to do and I, I wasn't clear for how long I would be there um, in Byron, you know, some people thought I'd just come up here and then go back down, yeah. but that hasn't, that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I, I left the studio and trusted that those, um, students who had gone to do their training would keep the, the trains, you know, and also by that time, other people had come on board, like some people had come back from overseas and were, you know, teaching as well. So it was kind of like, it wasn't like, I left and there was no Kundalini yoga by that time mm-hmm. it started to bubble again as well. So that was all cool. So um, we came to Byron and again, no Kundalini yoga up in Byron, no Kundalini yoga in Brisbane, no Kundalini yoga in the Gold Coast, nowhere, nothing. So that's what I started doing. Again, I seem to be always doing the, <laughs> the hard yards and the pioneering of right. like bringing it out. Total so I, again, yeah. And there was a lot of fear actually of Kundalini yoga up here when I came to Kundalini, when I got to Byron, I think, cause there was a lot of, you know, a lot of yoga, but Kundalini, yeah, you know, it, um, it was like a, a little bit resistant. There was a bit of resistance here in Byron about that. Um, but yeah, so I just started teaching and during this time I also went overseas to LA and did my um, certification in pregnancy. Cause I knew that, you know, body was coming, so I wanted to educate myself on all the pregnancy yoga. Yeah. So I, I went off and did that, and I also went to summer solstice. It was the first year Yogi Bhajan wasn't on this plane, on this earth plane, so I really want to be um, at solstice um, where he's um, at Guru Ramdas Puri and, you know, near his place after he'd passed. Um, and it was a very, um, very, it was like because the fact that it was the first summer solstice where Yogi Bhajan wasn't there, it was really... Um, that I had to be there. So I kind of tied those trips in and um, yeah. And then I came back and then after, I think it was like 
maybe what seven months or something after moving from Melbourne to Byron I got pregnant <laughs> so mm. it was all in alignment so I was still teaching Pilates but when I taught Pilates at the time it was just Pilates and then when they wanted Kundalini they'd come to classes mm. and then again people from my um, I think that's where I started teaching you know um, a lady from the Gold Coast who now you know has got her um, so that you know people came from the Gold Coast so then they were introduced to Kundalini yoga and then they went up and then they eventually did their training so then there was Kundalini on Gold Coast. I went to Brisbane and taught workshops there for the first time and got it going. You know, so it's kind of like just spreading the seeds, like as your mm-hmm. imagine planted, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, so then I um, had Bodhi and um, we did a home, I did a home birth as I kind of wanted to, which was, um, was that, that, that's just in a whole nother level yoga practice in itself. Right, right. Um, and we did a lotus birth and then. I basically, being a mum, had to sort of, um, I I chose not to um, teach classes for his first two and a half years. I would only do privates from my home. Yeah. And and then when he was two and a half, I started teaching again classes and workshops. And it was around this time, I think it was when he was about four uh, or something like that, I developed um, the the WOW program. I think it was during... Um, the women's camps and you know when when I um, did the te- women's teachings because Yogi Bhajan left a huge legacy on women's tr- women's teachings and mm. women's you know it was he was like the ultimate women's um, empowerment machine you know and um, yeah. I, I feel like when I did the, the women's camp um, there too I, I really felt a strong activation of my purpose to really empower women. And I, I kind of always felt that actually, because when I was like, you know, before when we're talking about my youth, I remember um, it was, I felt I, I had a, and I still have an absolute intolerance to any violence, especially yeah. violence towards women and any, any um, suppression, anything that is limiting <laughs> or also, you know, um, women, it, it really angered me as it, when I was younger, I used to get furious, you know, anything that was, um, just, yeah, across the board. <laughs> so I felt a strong, I've had that really in my, my whole life, this strong feeling that I really want to empower women and uplift women and, and, and help women. So I think that really profoundly got activated um, during the pregnancy and doing, you know, being a mum as well. And um, so I started working doing women's empowerment workshops and that's how what I do now became evolved. It evolved from that and that's the WOW mentorship that I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're working with women. At the moment I'm working with women sort of globally online um, one on one, but I'm wanting to, you know, make that um, leverage that to, so that I can reach way more women doing the same work that I'm doing, which is in, so transformative for women. Mm-hmm. Because bringing together um, the teachings of, of Kundalini Yoga, which are so self transformative um, with meditation, with um, understanding of your tantric numerology, which is another teaching within the Kundalini Yoga teachings. Mm. And, you know, and also bringing together, you know, the teachings of, or even just the, the, the wisdom and, and uh, you know, tonic herbalism and nutrition yeah. and, and also the Pilates, that component of connecting and activating your, your navel point, which is, you know, so important for any, any self-transformative process. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. And when you're doing this work with the women, like, 
if you could, I know there's like so many different um, things that come up, but what are the, what would you say some of the main, um, I guess, areas of concern or like, um, yeah, places that you see kind of um, that, that women want women. Yeah, for, for women. Yeah. Oh, so many, so many. I mean, mm. definitely hormonal. Um, if, mm. You know, if we're looking at it, like the, the program that I, I've, I've sort of created works on physical, spiritual, mental and emotional. Um, and so from if you're looking at what the main sort of streams on a physical level um, would probably be literally like fatigue. Yeah. Um, adre adrenal sort of situation, hormones, um, you know, um, tight, just lack of vitality. People are tired. Mm. People are really exhausted. And, and the thing is, um, with Kundalini yoga, you know, it's, it's you know, the main topic of, of this time, I guess would be stress and stress isn't going to go away. It's definitely not going to get less. It's going to, amplify stress is just going to get more and more challenges are just going to get higher <laughs> nothing's going to get less so what do we need to do we need to um as a kundalini yogi we say okay you, you know all we have to really build up an incredible reserve of inner vitality to meet the stress mm. because it's not going to go away and you know it's not in and and unfortunately a lot of, of people um who don't have this technology and don't have these tools you know, they go, I mean, it's it, the amount of, of people who unfortunately go down the route of, of you know, um, drugs or sedation or, you know, things that are, are disempowering on some level because it's not, it's, it's outside of them. But if they, if you can activate the inner resilience, the inner vitality um, and, and that, that amplify the whole um knowing of how to navigate in this time then 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 you can ride the waves it's and it's, it becomes almost like a joyful challenge instead of an overwhelming um it's not to say you don't have challenges in fact sometimes as you grow spiritually as i'm sure you're you, you know you you know anyone on the spirit, spiritual path your challenges get bigger too mm -hmm. but you're able to meet the challenges with awareness and also your intuition. I remember Yogi Bhajan said having navigating in this, in this time on this planet right now without intuition is like walking two miles with one toe. It's much harder. Mm -hmm. um, so if we can navigate with intuition, it can save us a lot of, <laughs> a lot of heartache and a lot of, um, you know, just <laughs> rubbing, you know stuff that we have to go through the thing about kundalini yoga too which just uh, you know it it accelerates everything so you're able to fast track um so what i find with people who come and, and do the wow program um is that you know what i get women to do when they come and, and do the program and they, they feel the calling so kundalini yoga is a self-initiated practice we don't initiate anyone so if someone feels I want to learn Kundalini and they, they self-initiate themselves. Mm -hmm. And, and we say that you're highly, you're incredibly blessed. You've earned the right to be given these teachings mm. and Yogi Bhajan broke the, you know, the, the so-called quote unquote rule of not teaching Kundalini yoga freely. I mean, before, before Yogi Bhajan, it was completely secret and mm. only taught to a select few from, you know, master to disciple. And it was, it was, it wasn't even written down. It was verbal because they, they were fearing that, you know, if it got into the wrong hands, you know, power, it, it, you know, it can be misused. 
Right. The Yogi Bhajan came to the West in 69 and he saw what was going on and how people, you know, in the Woodstock generation and walking around naked and having sex here and there. And he's like, oh, my God, I can't. <laughs> I've got to help these people. Mm-hmm. Um, they're trying to find, they're trying to, they're trying to find something. They're seekers. They're seeking. Um, and so that's why he taught, he, he taught Kundalini Yoga freely. And, he, and, you know, there was, you know, a whole curse that was meant to be, you know, done to the person who does that and Yogi Bhajan did it anyway and um yeah and that's that I mean so infinitely grateful is anyone who does Kundalini Yoga to Yogi Bhajan just for the fact for being so incredibly um compassionate to share (laughs) to share these teachings um so so Yeah. yeah um so when women come and do the the you know, they feel they, they find me and they want to do the WOW program. They're ready for a whole new level of living. They're, they're, they're waking up. They, they, they know that what they're doing isn't working or, you know, it can be sometimes a health crisis or, or, a, or a, a mental breakdown or um, just knowing that there's something more. Just any, any, I mean, I've worked with so many different women from all different ages, from all different walks of life, from, I mean, there's not one that it's just, you know, when, when the spark lights up within mm-hmm. the cells start to change, there's something, there's a memory, you know, like there's something more and they're, they're led to me. And then I, I ask them to write in an email what it is they want to work on physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally and put it in an email. And I also ask them to send me their date of birth because I go into their tantric neurology in quite in a lot of depth. And we go through their whole full tantric neurology. And tantric neurology is different to other numerology. And it's not at all to label ourselves with anything or, you know, start to identify with something. Again, it's used as a tool so that we can leverage. And so, you know, sometimes we might, I'll just give an example. Someone might be living their life with a belief that their certain behavioral pattern is who they are, like it's part of who they are. Right. And they go through their life living with this belief that was well, just me this is just how i am yeah whereas in fact it's nothing to do with who they are it's a body because in kundalini yoga we work with not only the chakra system but we also work with the 10 bodies of consciousness and that's why it works so incredibly fast because we're working on not only those but we're also working on the tattoos and the gunas and i mean we are so incredibly sophisticated it's it's incredible all the systems that we have and when when any of the 10 bodies are out of, a, uh, out of balance, that can manifest as a, as a specific kind of personality trait. And mm-hmm. so as you balance that body, that personality trait that we thought and went through our whole lives believing was something that was just us is actually not us, falls away, and suddenly you, you're more who you actually are. And so it's mm-hmm. like, a, you know, if you can imagine that we're walking around as in our childhood and it, from the age of even two, we're being conditioned, you know, because at two, that's when, you know, the chakra starts to develop and the, and the third chakra starts to develop and that's when our will starts. And we're told, you know, I was so, so conscious never to say no to Bodhi in those ages. I never said the word no. Mm-hmm. I did not want to say the word no because I didn't want to, I wanted him to really build his will. <laughs> and, and I would, if I knew that something was not, I didn't want to do something like, for example, you know, crossing the road or something, I would say it in a different way rather than say, no, stop. You know, like I was just really wanted him to have a different way of, I just didn't want to kind of, I tried my best <laughs> in <the way> to <laughs> not, not, not pass on too many um, cloaks as, as I call it, you know, where kids take on beliefs and, and ways of being as who they are. 
you know, like my auntie said, I can't sing it or, or, or you know, anything. And you, you, you take that on as yourself. You take that on as that's who, that's who I am. And then you live your life with this un, subconscious vow that that's who you are. And then, um, you know, and then we gather all these cloaks and, you know, and then when we get to, um, you know, 28 or something, we, we want, you know, we're like, who am I actually? Yeah. And then, you know, we spend the rest of our lives uh, taking them off. <laughs> and then return it. It's like just returning to our original selves. We yeah. want to return to our authentic original self, which is what we were when we came here. We knew that when we came, but then, you know, the, I guess this life is a whole learning school platform if you like and um you know we come in with all our own challenges and our strengths and that's also what the tantric numerology teaches us it gives you an awareness of you know we're all born with according to these teachings with three challenges and two strengths and when you leverage when you can leverage your strengths when you know and for some people you know we're you know just hearing certain um you know parts of their their tantric numerology straight away you see the activation happening it's like wow yeah mm. wow that's my oh that's my destiny wow that's my path and 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 also also um relieving relief <laughs> i think oh okay that's actually yeah i thought that was a bit actually oh cool so i just have to do these sort of technological kind of um practices you know this this practice and this and and this will balance this sort of new you know this whole neuron pathway will shift and blah 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 my neuron velocity will increase and it's not me anymore i'm a whole new much more empowered and much more awake much yeah. more um aware person and and then that also then you know trickles out to their family like I, and especially why i work with women i see it all the time like um you know we're working with mothers and you know, they start to really play the mantras that I'm suggesting that they play at night time to clear the subconscious mind. And, yeah. and, you know, they start to play in their house and the kids start to really love it. And the kids mm. start to request the mantra and mm. then they want to join the practice. So it, it's filtering down into the next generation. That's what Yogi Bhajan said, that when a woman empowers herself, she empowers a whole generation to follow. Yeah. And it, it's just, you can't, it's just how it is. And so, um, yeah, so that's, that's why, I'm so passionate. Plus also it, it's, it's, you know, as we've moved into the Aquarian age now, it, it's, 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 it's a, ma a matriarchal time. It's not, it's, you know, we're out of the Piscean age. I mean, even though there's still a lot of the fragments of all that, but um, yeah. So, so that, that's part of the, wow, the tantric neurology. And then um, I put together um, a very specific tailored Kundalini practice for that particular person on what it is they want to particularly work on physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. So because it's so specifically tailored and specialized for them, the, the practice is even like 10, 10, 100, you know, a hundred um, times more powerful because mm. it's working directly on their challenges, directly on what they're consciously aware of because they've written it in the email, but also subconsciously and what they need to work on at that time. And so it's really so inspiring to me that when we get to the end of the program and we go back to their original email, what, what they wrote in that original email is, is just no longer there. It, it's, it's, just, it's just transcended. It's no longer in their life. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. <laughs> I mean, they have to do the work too. You know, that's what's so empowering for them as well because it's... it's um, I give them the tools, I guide them, I'm right there with them, but they are the ones that did it. 
because they're the ones that did the work. They're the ones that got on the mat. They're the ones that, you know, so that's in itself as well. Like um, often they say, wow. And, that, and then that's like, they just keep going. And usually they don't want to stop. They usually keep going with the practice because, you know, we're, we don't want to, we're creatures who want to, you know, we want pleasure. We don't want pain. Mm-hmm. And so they know how they felt previously or they know by keeping up that, that, that it's pleasurable. It might be painful initially, <laughs> yeah. you know, to get into that self-discipline of facing themselves on the mat and clearing. Um, but because of the mentorship, because I'm right there with them, holding them, mm-hmm. um, they're able to really go deep because there's not fear. Because, you know, when there's someone right there, you're, you're holding, you know, orically, I mean, I'm right there, orically, energetically, everything, um, mm-hmm. so that they're able to really go deep without feeling any fear really which is is so beautiful so my yeah my my next thing is to um expand this and and do create the wow mentorship so that it can be done in a massive group Mm. i mean like a global massive group on you know using the amazing technology we have which is online so yeah that's where it's going yeah for someone who's been spending thousands upon thousands of dollars going to see, you know, all sorts of different um, practitioners and, and people to help heal them. And then as a last resort, they often find me and then um, we work and it's through their own inner resources that they heal themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what's so wow, you know, wow. And, you know, often, you know, like even taking a lot of, you know, um, we have, and I mentioned this, I don't know if I have mentioned this, but we have so many chemicals within ourselves that we only need to be able to know what to activate and switch on through through the system with the, the glands and the, the hormones that the, we, we have literally a whole factory within our own selves to heal. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the meditations are, are incredibly profound as well. And I mean, Yogi, but there's literally a meditation or a Kriya for everything. Yeah, I was going to talk about that because I've like, that's what I've discovered in even just a little bit of research or like, you know, classes that I've been practicing, they all have a like specific purpose or like, there's just, yeah, there's so many. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's literally, there's even like, you know, um, with the climate change and everything, you know, and there's like earthquakes and all this. I mean, Yogi Bhajan, there's a meditation to, to rebalance yourself after an earthquake. I mean, things like, I mean, who, it's just, you know, literally everything. Um, what to do when you don't, when you're having an emotional freak out, there's a Kriya for when you're having an emotional freak out. And I have given that to people and it works, you know, yeah. that's, that's, you just get on the mat, you do it and it, it's instant, it's fast. And we need things that are fast because people do not have time. They do not have the patience. They just, they just give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> just want the change and, you know. I mean, having said that, you know, once you keep up, you do need to keep up a practice because the kundalini, you know, we want to keep the kundalini up, you yeah. know, and you want to keep the channel clear and you want to keep the, the prana flowing and the pranic body strong. Um, you know, Yogi Bhajan often said one of the biggest problems with people is that we, we breathe shallow and when you breathe shallow, you are disconnected and when you're disconnected, you, ex- you experience symptoms of depression or disconnection mm-hmm. and it's, we just need to breathe. Mm. It, it's sometimes it's so simple but we make it so complicated yeah so is that one of the foundations of kundalini yeah i'd love for you to just 
um, maybe for people who are, st you know, still listening to this and absorbing, well, but still don't actually know like the basic, like the foundation of what it is and its purpose from, yeah, from your, what you've learned. And then also, I guess your own perspective and your own, um, well, Kundalini Yoga brings, Kundalini Yoga brings together, um, all, all, all the, all the, like, if you like, Kundalini Yoga was known as the mother of all yoga. It's like the oldest form of yoga and all other yogas came from Kundalini Yoga. So like the mother of yoga, um, and it incorporates all, you know, like you've got pranayama, you've got asana, like, you know, I guess when people, sometimes I feel like Kundalini Yoga should be called not even a yoga because it's such an energetic science and art. Um, and sometimes I guess people, when they think of yoga, they, they think of it just purely asana generally. I'm not, not definitely not everybody, but just like, if you just said yoga, that's usually where we sort of associate with maybe vinyasa flow or something, something that's yeah. much more, um, in the physical and Kundalini yoga uses, you know, we even use gong, we use gong, we use sound, we use mantra, we use breath. Um, and I guess I should explain what a kriya is. A kriya is, it translates as completed action. And a kriya is like, there's a, you know, every, there's literally thousands of different kriyas. So think of them as like yoga sets. And within a yoga set or kriya, there's um, specific pranayama, specific mudra, mantra, asana, and um, all in a very strategic or systematic place and to bring you a very specific outcome. So it's like, you know, when you're practicing a Kundalini Yoga Kriya, if, you know, because you can get things all online. So if you were to, re you know, Google Kundalini Yoga and a Kriya came up and you see like maybe six exercises within a Kriya, you won't get the effect if you just do, oh, I'm just going to do that exercise and that exercise. No, you need to follow through from the first exercise to the next exercise to the next exercise so that the, the gland secretions and the, and the whole systems and nerve systems um, get the effect that they're getting through the practice through the kriya if that makes sense <laughs> mm, yeah because i was curious about that too and and is that just because they've been developed in that way and you know tried and tested <laughs> to to be yeah 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 i guess if you want to call the ancient ones knew um about the systems of the body and that when you for example it is it, you know we work with a lot of angles and, and you know like you, you know say you put your legs or your arms up at a specific angle, or you're putting your, you know, there's a lot of thyro um, thyroid sets, for example, or uh, um, liver sets and things like that. Now, when you put your leg up at a certain angle or your arm up or your head in a specific angle and you're doing a particular pranayama and, you, you know, you're saying a particular mantra, all that is having an effect. And then um, when you come out of the pose or out of the angle, all this fresh supply of blood, of prana, of life force goes into those glands or goes into the area to heal and to restore and to rejuvenate and, and, and um, bring vitality to, those, to that area. And so it's, it's, a, it's very much an incredible science mm -hmm. and an art at the same time. So, um, yeah, I mean, when I first was doing like going back to when I said I got the book, you know, you know, way back then. And yeah. I was just trying all these different exercises. I went crazy. I mean, I started doing all sorts of different exercise. I didn't really understand the science of the careers. Mm -hmm. And so um, I kind of, I guess, learned the hard way because I had a weird sort of experience because I was mixing all sorts of different things together. And I didn't know about the tuning in, which is, you know, it's really just um, aligning and tuning into your own higher um, self and awareness because with Kundalini Yoga, you always need, you know, you always want to have a teacher present, whether it's uh, a physical or non-physical teacher. Mm. And that's why there's, you know, when you hear about when you're, 
during Kundalini Yoga, we tune in with the Adi Mantra. Adi means first mm-hmm. mantra. Mm-hmm. And it's the, you know, Om Namo Guru Dev Namo. And, and that's so that you, you connect your own higher wisdom, your own, your own guru, if you like, within yourself and, and to create that sacred divine space. So you're not doing the practice through ego, mm-hmm. but through your higher consciousness and higher awareness. And I feel like um, that, you know, that experience of what I had in my Ashtanga practice where my thigh bone popped out of my hip, that was because it was coming from ego. Right. Yeah. I wasn't listening. I mean, I was expressing to the teacher actually at the time to not, not adjust my leg, but you know, sometimes there's ego involved rather than higher awareness and okay. You know, and I, you know, as um, you know, I might point out now too, that in Kundalini yoga, we never physically adjust anybody. It's all from their own inner energy. Right. So there's, you know, you never do a, an adjustment on a, on a, a on a student as a teacher of Kundalini yoga and we teach through our aura. So it's, it's, te- it's through your presence and through the projection, the transmission of the energy mm. and, and the collective group or when it's one-on-one, it's through the, through the teacher. So um, it's, it's such a safe and it's such a beautiful, safe, but powerfully profound practice mm. um, because you're only, you're only going to get the amount of Kundalini release that you're ready for, that your nervous system is ready for, that your glandular system is ready for, that you're, you're ready to assimilate. Mm. and then as you become more and more clear and as the channels become more and more open um that's when more and more energy so it's like if you if you think of us like a, a like a pipe and um if there's any blockages in the pipe less water is going to get through yeah and then as you as you do more practice then the, the 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 blockages get less 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 until there's like a mega force of of water flowing through yeah. And that's when you're open. That's when, and that's ideally how we want to have our emotions that yes, we're human. Yes. We're going to feel all the different uh, rays of emotion, but you feel it fully and it goes, you feel mm. it fully and it goes, you don't hold on to it, store it in some sort of muscular tissue or some sort of place and, and, and have it then magnified by the 84 facets of the mind. And then, and then the subconscious mind, cause you know, we, we work also very much, um, like when I mentioned the 10 bodies, you know, um, the mental bodies and, you know, there's the negative mind and the positive mind. And most often, unless we're trained in meditation, we love our, we live our life through the negative mind. Yeah. And, and also from the Bob, you know, the bombardment of, um, you know, just the society and, and social media and everything. It's, it's, it's very easy to go down the negative spiral. And so I guess as you train your mind through meditation, you're able to catch yourself and and, um, and see the stream of which 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 thoughts are your you know which stream is your thought process going down, and you know bring it back into that neutral space. Mm. Um, you know, and if 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 the mind isn't trained, what can happen is the positive mind doesn't work for us, and and a negative mind feeds the negativity, our, our stories, our beliefs, or whatever it may be. And then the positive mind then projects the negativity. Right. So it almost starts to work against us and it's amplifying all the negativity. And then unless we meditate or do some sort of, um, you know, mind training, then we get stuck in the negative negativity and then the neutral mind doesn't even have a chance. Mm. And, and, you know, Yogi Bhajan used to speak a lot about how, you know, meditation is, is really clearing the garbage out of our mind and so it's it's like you know he used to say it's like the vacuum cleaning the brr, 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 and you're pulling out all the 
all the stuff out of your mind. So it's not necessarily a beautiful experience, but it's a necessary experience. I mean, I personally feel it's like, you know, we, we get up, we have a shower. We don't think twice. We just do that. It's self hygiene. Mm -hmm. Meditation is self hygiene. Yeah. Cause otherwise we just have a smelly brain, like a smelly, <laughs> a smelly mind, like really dirty mind. Yeah. As in, I mean like not clear. Yeah. And then we, and then we can't think and then we're not, we're not in our clarity. We can't, we, we don't know how to get in touch with our intuition and then we get frazzled and then we get overwhelmed and then, you know, and it just, it just becomes bigger and bigger of a mess. And so if we can just start to, you know, it doesn't have to be long, just like a 11 minute meditation daily can have an incredible life changing um, effect on someone. I mean, mind boggling. So um, I'd love to hear more about like, yeah, the, the time periods for different um, practices too, for different careers, like the 11 minute or like sets of things, like why, why you do a specific number of um, like sets of, yeah, positions or breathing. Yeah, well, that's all, that's all, again, every career has different time yeah. limitate like different times and you know you might see very commonly like um three minutes or 11 minutes and and things like that and again these kriyas are all yogi Bhajan says don't you know not to put your ego into them because they're they're the teachings and he delivered them as pure and this is how we need to keep them so i you know it's not to be sort of like messed around with and it, you know sometimes though that when you see a kriya and it might have a really long duration of time you can always cut the the duration in of time in half but never extend the time never wow. extend the duration of time and you know like there's three minutes means that it starts to work on the blood when you do a meditation for 31 minutes it's it's affecting the the, the chakra system um and there's you know very you'll see it's also with the repetitions so sometimes like you'll see 26 a lot yeah or, or 50 or 52 again 26 because you know your questions say that it's like 26 they're all got very um symbolic meaning to or scientific actually as well to the numbers or the, the time durations mm -hmm. um and so when you see a different um you know like the meditation i always give but for a beginner is 11 minutes because that's enough to start to affect the nervous system um you know um when, when it's just a three minute you'll affect the you know the electromagnetic field and the circulation well like i said the blood and when you get to 31 minutes, that's when the glands start to come into play. Um, it also starts to work on the gunas, the 31 tattvas, and all the mind's projections. And then there's even some, you know, when we as, you know, as teachers, especially we do like two and a half hour meditations, like every um, day when it's every year when it's Yogi Bhajan's birthday, I do a two and a half hour mantra. And so when you do something for two and a half hours, it changes the psyche. Um, and it's correlation with the surrounding negative field so that the subconscious mind is held firmly in its new pattern. Mm. Um, so it, it's, you know, generally those, you know, people say three minutes, 11 minutes, 11 minutes or 31 minutes. Right. When it's 62 minutes, it starts to work on um, what we call the grey, the grey matter in the brain and the subconscious shadow mind. Um, so, yeah, so, they, so basically to answer your question, they all have different effects on how deep they go on the systems of the body. Does that answer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I just yeah. I hadn't really, yeah, I wanted to speak to you about that because I hadn't really read much about, yeah, this, the purpose for those set times. But, yeah, I knew that there yeah. was, they just didn't know. Yeah, there's, 
there's the a, that's what's a great there's the purpose for everything in me like even you know the the you know like why i've done the wow mentorship for 40 days is because exactly in 40 days we change a, a habit there's mm. a, a a very significant shift in the habit when you do something for 90 days it confirms the habit when you mm. do it for 120 days the new habit is who you are becomes who you are and it, then it a thousand days which is oh, i think almost like three years or something <laughs> um mm. you have mastered the new habit so mm -hmm. to master something, it, it takes a thousand days in these, in the, in the, according to the teachings. And then, you know, you've got like all different eye focuses, which, you know, and the, the mudras are like, you know, pathways to, to the brain. They like talk, talk to the brain. So we use a lot of mudra as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, so there's mantra, which is the sound current, um, one of the most powerful ways you can start to make a change is just playing mantra, you know, all night. Mm -hmm while you sleep and you don't even have to do anything really you just press the repeat button <laughs> and you're just sleeping but unbeknown to you you're doing some powerful stuff <laughs> mm -hmm. um so yeah because yeah, they're so it's beautiful just... to listen to anyways you can just <laughs> and then again every month now has a as a as a particular sound current working on a specific thing so you know you, you can imagine that you're bringing together all these different elements and that's why it's so direct and so mm -hmm. and and you know i've been teaching now like Kundalini, um, being, I was teaching, yeah, so Kundalini specifically since about 2000 or 2001. And I'm, I, I'm still, like, there's so, still, you know, careers that I, I haven't even taught. Because yeah. <laughs> there's so much. It, you, can, it take, you can take lifetimes and lifetimes and you're still yeah. diving deeper and deeper into this, this, this science and mm. this practice. So it's just amazing. Mm. I would love to speak about... Um, because I'm just curious myself, I've heard little things, but um, the purpose of wrapping your head while you are doing... Um, yeah, so the head cover is to command the command centre. And, um, this, you know, it, it's, it's, like a protect, it's like a protector of the shashara as well. Um, and it gives like a cradle adjustment as well when you wrap it correctly. For me personally, I always, always, always wear a head cover when teaching simply because I um, you're very open as a teacher, your auric energy field. And um, it really connects me to each student, every, everyone, everyone's energy in the room, but keeps this kind of like protection of my shasha. So I, I'm, I'm able to be um, very aware, but not absorbed by them. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, and, and from a, from the commanding of the intuition, it, it just, yeah, you can practice some, um, you can try it for some people really need the head cover. And, you know, when I do my own personal practice at home, I don't wear a head cover. I just wrap my hair up in a, in a rishi knot and, you know, because the hair as well um, can help pull the Kundalini up, you know, like, cause it pulls the energy. It's like hair is like an antenna. Mm -hmm. And so when we wrap it up on the top of the head, it, it pulls the Kundalini up to the solar centers. So, um, or if you, you know, if you ever wake up and you're feeling really scattered in your mind and you're kind of feeling a bit, oh my God, and you've got a lot to do and you wrap your hair up in the top of your head, it really helps to keep you really clear. And really, I feel like um, I do that naturally. Yeah. 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 I mean, you see that on, you know, Instagram, like get, you know, girl boss, get your hair up in a, you know, ponytail <laughs> or up on the top of your head or a top knot or something. It's like, yeah, that's, that's actually quite accurate. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Mm. And also, you know, the all white, we wear all white because again, there's a purpose for that because it expands your aura. 
And so if someone, you know, wakes up feeling a little bit down or, or depressed or just really not in a good mood and they dress from head to toe in white, it'll totally change their aura, which will change their, their psyche or change the way they feel. Yeah. And you also, you also have to be pretty, uh, you know, a lot more graceful when, when you wear it all white. <laughs> I remember like, you know, um, even when you're eating, you have to be more graceful because you're all white. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. It, it puts a different way of being, but um, predominantly, yeah. yeah, but more from the the auric, um, how it expands the aura and um, the light around you um, when you wear all white. So that's also the the significance of, of all white. But you know, you don't have to wear all white to practice Kundalini Yoga. You don't have to wear your head covered when you practice yeah. Kundalini Yoga. You can do Kundalini Yoga. Anybody can do Kundalini Yoga too because of the, the, you know, you can be not even able to move and you can do Kundalini Yoga. If you can breathe, you can do yoga, yeah. Kundalini Yoga. Because yeah. there's, you know, there's such a, a huge um, focus on the, on the breath, on the prana and um, so many different pranayam techniques and meditations and, you know, you know to, to strengthen the pranic body. So, um yeah, <laughs> you, you can, you know, and you can, and it also challenges super, super, super athletic, you know, people because it's so, it's, it's really hard as well. Yeah. Like it's really incredibly challenging physical dynamic careers. And I tend to um, teach a lot of the dynamic careers because of my background. So I love all that real strong, the strong physical dynamic careers. I just love that whole, you know, <laughs> all of that stuff. So. Um, and then you can really deeply fall into a very deep meditative space and, you know, and then, you know, you have that amazing Kundalini glow and that buzz and that clarity mm -hmm. and that, that Kundalini high that people speak about. And, you know, and then, you know, talking about that at, at the beginning stages when one starts to practice often, you know, I've had so many people come up and they say they saw these visions and they saw this and that, and that's all beautiful. But, you know, we say, you know, that that's, like a clearing and and that you know you just want to keep going it's it's we don't do the practices to be able to you know fly in the air or anything like that <laughs> you know, it's it's to make you a very um you know it's very grounding actually i, mm -hmm. I find Kundalini incredibly grounding mm -hmm. and um yeah mm. wow okay and and so yeah it's obviously gaining so much more popularity and, and traction now and um, yeah, how do you see that whole movement and like the way it's just spreading you know, far? I think it's all, I think it's so awesome. And I think it's just going to get bigger and bigger because the, the, the times need it. We need it to be able to, I honestly don't know how people, um, can navigate in this day and age with the pressures and, and the, the, in, you know, the incredible information overload and just, uh, just our lifestyles. Yeah. We need, we need to have a strong nervous system. We need to have a system, a, a technology where we can clear the mind, where we can um, connect to our own inner security, where we can navigate with awareness and intuition. Otherwise, otherwise it's, it's just too hard work. It's yeah. like how, how can you function gracefully and and as a as a as a human and when I say human I mean like a conscious aware human and not mm -hmm. like a, a crazy person you know mm -hmm. I mean there's so many people who are walking around having in, incredible mental you know mental breakdowns because of, of the pressures of this of this 
the planet right now, the way that we live. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think that's why Kundalini Yoga is getting so much more popular because it, it works yeah. and it's so perfect for our, our day and age because we don't have heaps of time. We want something that we can do, like even a three-minute meditation before you're having some sort of, I don't know, um, big event happening and, you, you know, you're stressed about it and there's so much going on and, you know, there's so many distractions, distractions, distractions. How do you get connected to your own self? Okay bam, I do this meditation, oh, okay, I'm ready, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, and plus also to, to build up that, like I said earlier, that inner vitality, those reserves of inner vitality to be able to meet the demands as well. Mm. Yeah, I know. I really love that perspective and, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, I found it's just, yeah, it's becoming more and more necessary for us to have, you know, whether it is Kundalini yeah. or whether people find something else, but some sort yeah. of meditation. But this, yeah, Kundalini in my, I'm only just like really starting to <laughs> drop into it and, um, and yeah. like, you know, also like develop a, a daily practice with it. But yeah, it is. It's awesome. Quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, that's also why I think also, you know, I, more and more people are going to need, need to do their own mind training because we're being programmed (laughs) on whether you know it or not by media, by, you know, just our surroundings. And so unless you take control of your mind, someone else is going to take control of it. Yeah. And you know, even with both, you know, my son Bodhi, like, you know, the iGen generation and, and the coming generations, you know, they're so exposed, so is just part of their life, the social media thing, you know, like how he communicates now. You know, like you see, they, they communicate via, you know, <laughs> Instagram DMs or whatever it is. Yeah. And, um, and I, I, you know, I say to Bodhi, I, I need you to meditate, to dump half of the stuff that you don't even know that you took on through all the, you know, the images that were projected at you at such a fast rate that you don't even know what you've taken on. Yeah. And so he, he, he meditates and I, I see how, how much of an incredible shift. It's like a dumping. Like, you know, we can only, the subconscious mind is vast, 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 vast. It's huge. And we need to constantly clear it, like at yeah. least start. <laughs> Otherwise, we, out the we, trash. We yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that's so beautiful that you like have just consciously, been bringing up Bodhi in that way too and I remember you know I haven't seen him for a couple of years but I'm sure he's just still as bright like such an amazing child and um yeah thank you he's I have to say he has a very strong navel point he talks from his navel point he he has no his words are projected he knows how to project and his communication is incredible actually and um that I'm really happy with that because I've been wanting to I really wanted to make sure that I raised a man who can communicate really from his um, heart and articulate his words and speak his, mm. his um, you know, just to be really a really aware, conscious man, <laughs> you know, and, and um, so that's been, um, and I think being around, he doesn't necessarily do a practice. He, when he's, um, I notice when he's, I can see when he's feeling, I can see in his mind or in his eyes when he's got, um, there's too much in there and it needs to get cleared, <laughs> you know? So I will sort of lightly suggest, why don't you do some Sakriya, you know, and he'll go and he'll, or, you know, if he's been triggered by something and there's, there's very obvious emotions of anger or frustration, 
I will, and, and, you know, I suggest him do some Kundalini and he usually he'll go to Sakriya because that's something that he just, he knows really well and he does it and he'll blast the Sakriya through the roof and he'll come out totally transformed and say, oh, it's so good. Gosh, I love meditating. Okay. It's <laughs> 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 like moving, moving on to the next thing. It's clear. Okay. I'm good. Um, and I think when I see him around other children um, and I've been told when he, um, from parents or, um, you know, when he did go to, he went to school for one year when he was curious about what that was all about. Mm. And I, my, the feedback that I had from um, the teachers and stuff is, was his nobility and his ability to be kind of like the hub of the children, but in, in a way where he diffused any um, disputes um, in a very kind of, diplomatic way without putting anyone in the wrong he kind of has this way of i don't know it's like a like a little magician <laughs> goes around and plays with the energies just by i don't know his way of being with people and then it is kind of like it gets sort of more into a harmonious way of being with kids like even when he was playing at, at playgrounds I, I noticed that he does that kind of a leader but a leader in a way of not taking not not being a leader as in peer group at all, but being a leader as in allowing them to be just that harmonious leadership. Because I think at that age, there's a lot of that, you know, I can already see in his little chats that he does on, you know, that there's that, that peer, you know, that, you know, that when that starts to happen, because he's 12, mm-hmm. um, that peer groups and little tiny things are really big, you know, like it's that big developmental thing of, you know, getting your own identity and who you are and, if anyone's different and things like that. And he has this beautiful way of um, allowing everyone to be in their own differences and empowered in that, but, but taking leadership in that rather than creating peer group pressure. Mm, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. He, yeah. He's also a, a very strong vegan activist, <laughs> almost Aww. a bit too much, a bit too dogmatic. I have to be, I can bring him in a bit, but um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He loves animals, doesn't he? Very much. Yeah. He he he's just uh, yeah, totally. Lives for the animals. Yeah, and the planet and the planet very strongly. Mm. And so, yeah. with your um, wow clients, um, like, do you? Yeah, is that a part of your teachings too? With like um, maybe some mothers that you um, mentor? Is it like a lot to do with? Yeah parenting and does that kind of get infused with the way that you no I don't I don't tell them how to parent because Mm. I know that as their own as they heal themselves um and as they become more aware they will naturally um parent in the way that is best for their own families um I, I, I mean, homeschooling is something that I, I just, um, that's just how I, it felt natural for me to homeschool. Um, it is challenging because you've got to be super amazing at multitasking and time organization and things like that. But, um, that doesn't mean that it's for everybody. And, um, but what I do encourage is for them to play mantra and to really, um, listen to their children with, you know, with awareness, but that happens naturally because they become more aware. And, um, yeah, of course, if, if, a, if someone wants to learn more about, you know, you know, parenting specifically how I guess I've done it or how I um, feel 
you know, is to, you know, raise aware children, then absolutely. But the, the program in the WOW Mentorship is, is purely for them and their own issues. And as they work through their own issues, they're given more energy. So there's more vitality. So they have more time to then also, I guess, energy to share with their children. So everything just elevates. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, of course. It would just naturally... It's- Naturally. Yeah, it's naturally. Yeah, like it's like if you start to work on your frequency and your vibration, and you start to get higher vibration, you start to elevate your frequency. You're naturally not going to want to put heavy, dense things like meat in your body because you don't want it. It's it's like a it's like it's like a it's an obstruction. It's like it's an interference. It's like heavy. It's 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 clogging the field. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So you naturally gravitate to what is going to elevate you. Right. You will naturally, you will naturally not want to um, put things in your body that that um, deaden your sensory system. Mm. You want to be high vi- every cell vibrating. You want to. So you naturally are going to want to do the things that increase that. But initially, initially, it's a very conscious effort as you're doing the practice. Mm-hmm. So the most, the most, the most thing, the, it's like Yuki Bhaji said, the first, the only thing you have to do is get on the mat, do your sadhana, get on the mat and do your practice because the practice, the Kriyas will do it for you. Right. You don't have to worry about what you're dumping. You don't have to worry about, um, you know, the anger that you're feeling that was from 20 years ago or 10 years ago. Yes, you'll feel angry and it'll pass. You'll get back on the mat and it'll clear mm. and then you'll keep going. So it's, it's like a, a, a purification on all levels. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, just show up. <laughs> just keep showing up. Yeah, just, you just basically, yeah, basically yeah. that's, yeah, it is. And then, you know, sometimes some people might go off the track. They do their WOW program and, and they keep up their practice and they go for like maybe, you know, 120 days and they're doing great. and um, you know, I can use an example of a, of a, a recent WOW graduate and she, um, she, you know, I don't say you have to become a vegan, but I do ask that while they're doing the 40-day practice that they, they try and avoid all animal products, but only because we're doing a purification on all levels, you right. know, and we just want it. It's like a, um, and then, you know, <laughs> again, they said, oh, I, I, I accidentally ate some meat or something. It's like, okay, well, okay. Um, and, you know, did you know, but, but she noticed within our own practice um, that it, she just naturally then went back on the, on the, on the path of not. Mm-hmm. It was like, you, you know, you go back and forth, but eventually you just don't go there again because it's not part of your reality. You don't even go down. It's like, why would you do that? Mm. Right. Yeah. I don't know. It might, does that make sense? Yeah, no, completely. Completely. Yeah. 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 And, of and course it's, it's, it's like the, the intuition and like, yeah, just the natural, the natural way. Like yeah. when, you're, when you're in that alignment with your practice, then you, yeah, like you said, you'll just, it'll just feel like nothing really. Like you'll just make those cho- choices from the right yes. place naturally. Yeah. 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 And also because, you know, if you think about like we're like a radio station, so you're changing you know, the, the consciously, the initial effort, yes, I am consciously wanting to shift. Something sparked in my antenna that I, I'm ready to change. I'm re- I know there's something more. I'm ready to, to go to a much deeper level. I'm ready to lift deeper. I'm ready to, whatever it may be, <laughs> something sparks. And you then consciously have to make, you shift the antenna. And then it, it, 
and then you naturally want to keep going to a different frequency so that that old radio station kind of you just don't tune into that anymore mm. but you, you know initially you have to think about it initially it might be effort but then after a while it's not an effort and then it yeah. becomes you're just in a totally your whole reality is new and you're living in a whole you, you know you start immediate circumstances may not be different but everything is different mm-hmm. it's like you're kind of in a different <laughs> different parallel universe magazine, but you're in a different space Mm. so you see things differently you 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 make different choices because you're in a different space and ideally more positive choices because you're in a different headspace mm-hmm. um you, you you know you don't go down that same re- repeating wheel you know there's that thing of you know that whole you know thing about karma like we're we're, we're all very ancient beings like you know we've lived many lifetimes and we're all very very ancient but we're repeating the same pattern again and again and again Mm. And that's why, they, you know, it's called the wheel of life because it, we just repeat the wheel. But if you're granted the blessing of given, being given, you know, a technology that can help you not repeat the wheel because you, you are aware and you're able to make a different choice and you shift that wheel, that's pretty cool. In this lifetime, we can do that mm-hmm. because it wasn't, we didn't have that. We didn't have, you know, we're, we're, even though it's, um, there's a lot of, you know, stuff going on there's a lot of incredible stuff it's an incredible time to really um catapult ourselves to a whole new way of being as a human species because mm-hmm. it's so accessible if you want to yeah 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 we're so lucky so yeah. so lucky like even from the perspective of superfoods you know like i, I remember um listening to a, a lecture where it's like you know it's um, I think it was David Wolf actually saying how, you know, the, the pharaohs are t- uh, turning in their graves knowing that we have access to all these supertonic herbs just at our feet. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're like just the, the, we have everything. We just have to press a button. And Yogi Bhajan spoke about this before even computers were around, saying that there will come a time where we have everything at the push of a button, yeah. all information at the push of a button. But do you know what to do with it? Mm. You know, we have all the careers, all the Kundalini careers are uh, up online, but that's why, uh, you know, that can then cause overwhelm because like, what do I do? You know, and that's where it's, um, that's why, uh, you know, I I also find with the mentorship when you're told this is exactly, you know, you look at the tantric numerology, you look at the, um, the, the, the specific challenges that this, this particular person's having at this particular time. And you put that all together and you create a very specific career that is an ancient, you know, time-tested thousands of year old practice, but it works in this time and you practice it and you do it for 40 days, which is exactly how long it takes to change a habit, you are guaranteed to get a result. And they do, they get the result. Yeah. But it's just commitment. It's just committing for 40 days. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's incredible that then that starts a momentum. Mm. Mm. I'm feeling inspired to do a 40 day now. <laughs> yeah 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 you've got you've got it it's incredible i mean it's um you know and then like i said it you know so you do the 40 day and then some for some like like i said um some people think oh my god i'm just starting to really get into this career and then and you can do a career and keep digging and deeper and you just go deeper and deeper and deeper into the career Mm. And um, and then and then sometimes it might shift. And you think, okay, I'm I'm ready for something new now. I feel like I've really got what I needed from this, 
and um, and then you move into a new, you know, that's, that's when I do the WOW activation, which is then for people who have done a mentorship, they understand self-practice. So the thing about the mentorship is they learn it's not, it's life, Kundalini life training. So it's not, I'm, you know, it's not about becoming a teacher. It's becoming, it, it's like embodying the teachings. You embody the lifestyle, not to become a Kundalini teacher, not to become a, you know, um, someone who has to wear all white all the time. That's not what it's about. It's about having the tools, understanding the tools and knowing how to work with them so you can leverage your life to where you want to go with it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is empowering. That's what I want to do for women. I want to give you the tools so you know how to work with them. You understand the power of them. You know how to do the do it safely. You know you understand the science. You understand it all. And then you practice it and you know how to do it. And then when you're ready to move on to the next thing, then, um, you know, we create a whole new program and you, do, you move on with that. And it's just, it's, it's never ending. Like, that's what's so beautiful too. Like, you know, you can be like 16, you can be 12, you can be 70 and you can just keep, keep expanding and elevating and evolving. Yeah. It's never ending. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so really cool. So how can people connect <laughs> to you and like to these programs and um, get in touch with you about joining if they want to or, um, yeah. Um, well, to get in touch. Else you want to share? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we, I also do workshops, so it's not all, it's not all one-on-one. And until I get the, um, you know, the, I guess I'm calling it the wild vortex where it's not just one-on-one, it's, it's like a collective group of women and then obviously, you know, the, the, instead of being the one-on-one mentoring, it'll be like the Facebook group, you know, private Facebook group. So you have that accountability through the other women. Um, and then it's like a, you know, a 40-day practice. We go through, we go deep into it and we go, you know, and I also bring in the tonic herbs that complement those aspects of what we're working on and all that. And so until that's ready, the one-on-one, they can contact me through um, my website, which will be be changing soon but that's there right now um which is harjuan.com or my email which is yoga at gmail.com mm-hmm. and um they can contact me through there my website's um yeah www. no you know <laughs> mm-hmm. um and there's a contact sheet there or through email or my instagram um which is yoga and facebook which is yoga so the website's just harjuan but the um, the social social platforms are Hydron Yoga, and um, I also do workshops. So I do workshops um, nationally. So my next my next upcoming workshop is in Melbourne on the eighteenth of May, and that one is um, called the Raw Shakti Yogini Immersion, and we're doing two sessions in one day. And the first session is Grit, which is really about um, I've noticed through working with thousands of women that there's a lot of stuff in the sacral chakra, the root chakra. Mm. And um, we need to clear that um, yeah. so that the, the potency of the, the, the energy of the Kundalini can really go right up. And so um, that grit workshop is really working on the sacral chakra and the root chakra and then activating the navel point. So it's really about the self-confidence, self-worth, self-love, um, getting, building that self inner resilience, the courage, the confidence to step forward and really tapping into their own inner security. And then grace is is going really into um, energetic beauty, ritualistic careers that are kind of like working on our energetic beauty 
So mm. it's, it's, you know, your aura, it's, it's your, your radiance. So, you know, in Kundalini Yoga, we, as I said, we work with not only the chakras, but we have what we call the arc line and the radiant body. Um, the arc line with women, we have two arc lines and the arc line is kind of like, you can imagine like a halo. It's your, it's your body. Mm. It's, it's your power of projection. It's your power of prayer. It's your power of protection. It's like the nucleus of your aura. And, um, I can see arc lines when they're, um, you can see when there's, um, like it's, I don't explain, it's kind of like a shabbiness or a little bit of grayness. It's not clear. And when we clear that and amplify that, it, it totally changes a, a woman's psyche and her um, power of protection as well, which is a big one, you know, protecting yourself mm-hmm. um, through your energetic body, through your field. So, and your power of protection and projection. And, and so um, that Grace Workshop is working on the arc lines, clearing that and also the radiant body. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so that's, that's in Melbourne. And then I'll be doing a lot of workshops in, um, on, on the Gold Coast. And I think my next Byron Bay one will be um, Winter Solstice. And um, yes, yeah, so I always have them coming up um, on my, I usually put them on website, on my website or on my Instagram feed because yeah. um, I'm always doing something, <laughs> always doing something that I just, um, yeah, I don't plan too far ahead. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there is um, seeds being planted to, you know, go to New York and do all this stuff, but I just, I'm pretty much just um, putting out there what's already scheduled. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. So do you want to wrap up in a way of like, I would love for you to share, um, I don't know, maybe just like a way or like an invitation for like how people can start to practice um, Kundalini. Like what would you say the first step would be if they're feeling really inspired after this conversation and I don't know, Actually, um, make some sort of action towards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, just, I'm actually working, this sounds, this is completely, I don't know if, think it, if this is off the record or not, but um, I'm working on um, a new opt-in offer because I've, I've got currently, if people want to start something like, you just, I want to try, what is this stuff? You know, yeah. I have a, a free downloadable um, meditation, which is um, a beautiful meditation that in the teachings of Kundalini Yoga is one of the highest meditations for a woman to practice. It's called Kirtan Kriya. And it works on, it's a potent spiritual purification meditation, really activating the pituitary gland, the pineal gland. And, and I found um, when women practice this meditation, there's a real clearing of, um, you know, past relationships um, with even like I've had stories of women who do this meditation and, you know, like on day 40, um, a father who abandoned them as a child suddenly calls them and Mm -hmm. and to to make contact and so it's and it's a it's quite a powerful meditation and it helps you to come into a space of new beginnings so if you're looking for a new beginning that's the one and that's called kirtan kriya and you can get that on my website it's if you go like to hydron.com and then there's like at the bottom of the page is a video and um you just put in your i think it's called the new meditations or new beginnings meditation and you just put in your email address where you want that to be sold, um, to uh, be sent, and then you get it in your inbox. Mm. Um, that's actually going to be changed to a video of a career for the chakras, um, but that's just a work in progress right now. So, um, but that's what's there, and that's available. Um, yeah, and, and I guess 
that's a starting point from, um, you know, just bringing together the, you know, the mudra, the mantra and the eye focus where it starts to work on, on the Kundalini through there. And I mean, there's beautiful Kriya called Sakriya. I mean, even just the simple thing of, of starting to link the breath with mantra where you inhale and you vibrate sat and on the exhale you vibrate nam, mm-hmm. you know, so sat on the inhale, nam on the, on the exhale and sat translates as truth and nam is identity or name. So mm-hmm. when you're doing, um, even just going for a walk on the beach and, you know, just um, pressing your thumb to your mercury mound, which is your little finger, the mound of your little finger, and you put your thumb there and you wrap your fingers around so your thumb's on the little um little you know where your little finger is and you've got that mound you just push your thumb there and then you wrap your fingers around so you can just walk on the beach inhaling sat exhaling nam or you know inhaling sa ta na ma and exhaling sa ta na ma just um bringing together just so simple things but in regards to a, a practice um you know i'd also do privates online if anyone's really wanting to you know do a, a session I do that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so if people really want to just connect with me, we can even just talking. I do a lot of talks as well, just like spiritual consult- consultations and just talking to women um, online. So that's as well. But I do that as well. So mm-hmm. if anyone's really interested and, you know, everyone's all in a different place. So if they have somewhere they can do a class, go and check out yeah. a class. Um, yeah. It is really important to make sure you, you go to a, a teacher who, will deliver you an amazing experience so you really get a good good hit of the kundalini transmission so yeah yeah obviously a lot of different teachers out there these days and you know different yes yeah yeah Yeah, it can get watered down or it's just not delivered in it's it's in its you know powerful sort of way that it it is it's it's Mm -hmm. such a powerful practice and that you know if you haven't had an incredible shift in your first class that it's you yeah you will feel different after your first class mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a there's a beautiful quote this is a, a woman who's not a kundalini area teacher she's a, a woman she's like a um you know international empowerment woman you know um, but this quote is so um accurate it's like we cannot expect to change what's in the world unless we first awaken what lies deeply within it all has to happen first within ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Before we even go out to do anything on anything else, it's, it starts all, and it sounds cliche, but it's so true. <laughs> it's like Yogi Bhajan said, you know, like nobody else can do for you. Only you can do, you know, only you can do the work. No one can do your work for you. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody's going to do it for you. No one will. No one can. Mm-hmm. We've got to do our work on ourselves to elevate ourselves so that we can stay seriously empowered within our own selves and just continue to evolve. And that, and that just, it's just like once, and it usually life will either take you to so much pain that you will do anything <laughs> to change or mm-hmm. something happens in life where you, like I said, there's a light that just switches on and you're ready to, to do whatever you need to do to do what you're meant to do on this planet here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or anything that can help you kind of, you know, get to the next level. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's many paths, <laughs> but um, I personally have found this one the most, yeah, the most powerful and profound and direct and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing more about it today. 
I definitely like I feel a lot more um clear with what its purpose is you know because I felt felt you know felt the benefits and just have been like very very attracted to doing it um yeah so yeah now I feel really inspired to just continue to to Yay. learn and dive in. I but think the way my, that you deliver it and the way that you like live it is a really, a really beautiful way. Like a, it, it feels really grounded and it feels like really practical too. And I think that's why I feel, yeah. I know that like Kundalini can get a bit of a kind of, I think it was saying so yes. it can kind of get a bit of a sceney sort of feel or like yes. intimidating yes. for people, but I like the way that you just like blend, even just like your style with it and everything. Like it just, mm. you, you with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And you know, it's the only thing if, if it's, you know, young girls who listen to this, I don't know if you can re-edit this in, but um, it's, it's like, to, you know, I've worked with so many women too who um, have got, you know, menstrual things and a lot of those um hormonal imbalances because you know we, we don't live in a we live in a pretty toxic world now and that you know has an effect on our hormones and and to be able to bring your your your, your endocrine system under balance under your command through through the practice through the command center and stuff it is really again so um liberating for women when they they can understand their system you know because as women we also have the 11 moon centers as well and so our psyche sits for two and a half days in a, in a particular place. And knowing all these systems within ourselves is, is just even having the awareness that, wow, okay, so that's why I'm being a bit more, feeling a bit more insecure. It's not because there's any, it's just, you know, it's just the fact that as a woman for two and a half days out of 28 days, I'm going to feel a little more insecure because it's, the, you know, the moon center sitting at my navel, my lower back, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. knowing these things about yourself is really um, empowering because you know it's, it's it's just and then you know how to work with it so that it's it's a it's a, it's not a it's not oh you're too sensitive or anything no it's 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 okay this is this is part of my power as a woman my sensitivity actually and I'm going to use it as a power yeah yeah for sure yeah mm. totally agree and that's yeah it's definitely a lot to do with like why I. I like to just continue to share these sort of conversations and like, especially, yeah, I mainly talk to women too, who are all kind of centered mm-hmm. around helping women and yeah. But yeah. Okay, thank well, you. Thank, and thank, thank you so much for, um, yeah, for asking me. Satnam. Satnam. Mm-hmm.